Today we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, the baptism of our Lord, and we hear this incredible story right here in our gospel lesson. Now, our gospel story opens with John the Baptist. Now, John is one of my favorite biblical characters, and I've always been attracted to John. I've really liked John, found him very interesting and compelling. And this week, as I reread this story in preparation for today's sermon, I wondered what really attracted me to John. So I was thinking about John. Now, he is a wild man who lives outside and eats bugs. So it's not that. He is someone who likes attention and tends to talk too loud. It might be that. But I think what I realized about John is that John brings change. John likes change. John likes encouraging change. And that is what I find so attractive. Now consider John's message. Everything you think you know is about to change. John is pointing to the work that God is doing and how that work will change in a big way when the one who is more powerful comes along. Now, John knew God was on the move. And when Jesus shows up, I imagine John's heart began to race, that adrenaline began to pump as he dreamed of what could be. A change is hard. Most people don't like change. John's preaching and Jesus's baptism means that change is coming. And that change begins with the moment of baptism. Now, we might think baptism is some small thing, some simple moment done because, I don't know, because that's what we do. But baptism is powerful. Baptism is a powerful moment that actually begins and signifies something new, a big shift, a big change in the way that we choose to live our lives. Baptism is a personal commitment made in a public way that has ripples that extend throughout our lives. Now, Jesus begins his public ministry with baptism. But let's be honest, Jesus wasn't walking around as not Jesus before his baptism. He was still who he was. And so baptism for him was this public confession, this public commitment, this public covenant to respond to God's love. Now that is the critical idea when it comes to baptism. You see, God loves us first. And in baptism, we respond to God's love. When Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended, the heavens opened. And we heard this voice affirm that Christ is the son of God. That spirit is what began to guide and drive Jesus. And that spirit is what forms all of us as baptized Christians. Now, there are moments in our lives where the heavens open, moments in our lives where we sense God's presence, God's changing force. And sometimes those moments are glorious. We love when God changes something bad for the better. And sometimes those moments are less than glorious because God is changing a thing we like. Because God has purpose. 
God is using us and moving us and pointing us in a certain direction that we may not really want to go because we like the security and predictability and consistency of wherever we are. God loves each and every one of us before we choose to love him in return. And baptism is that moment when we make a commitment, that covenant promise to follow God to be aware of God, to receive God's spirit in our lives, whether we like it or not. Now, when we make that commitment, we start down a path that challenges us to love every day, even when loving is hard. And even when love is undeserved, loving God and loving our neighbor sounds so nice, but Christianity is not nice. Christian discipleship is not some tagline that you put on a coffee mug or a t-shirt. Loving is hard because let's be honest, everyone around us, loving everyone around us, that's not something that comes very easy. This is a challenge that met Christian disciples from the very beginning. In the first century, those who chose to follow Jesus struggled with this idea of who to love and how much to love and does love ever end? And how do we love when love seems so hard? And we get in first John, a word about what true love choosing to love really means. In first John chapter four, we see it written. We love because he, God, Christ loved us first. And whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar for whatever, whoever, does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. This word of love is hard. This way of love changes everything, upturns everything, pushes us to do and be people we can't really be on our own. So what to say about this week? This week has been a hard week for love. What happened in our capital is a gross expression of a world without God's love. We should be people driven to love even when love is hard. And when God is absent from our lives, when we turn toward ourselves and our own self-interest, we find that God's love that should be driving us all the time is absent. We are here once again on this Sunday morning here in this sacred place, being called by God to focus on love, to change ourselves toward love. This call is one that we receive over and over and over again. And this reminder can seem small, but only if we underestimate the power. Perhaps when we experience a week like we experienced this week, that call to love can take on a shape that actually challenges us to act in ways that we may not have understood before, that challenges us to deepen our own sense of love because we are called to love each and every person, even those who do not deserve that love. Perhaps we have an opportunity here to recommit 
to the unity that Christ calls us into, to recommit to the hope of Christ, that although change is hard, change with God will transform the world. See, my hope is grounded in God. My faith is grounded in God's community, this church, in each one of you. The usefulness of our church, what we are creating here to help inspire the hard work of discipleship is the hope that I hold that people all around us will shift more and more toward God, being the people God created us to be together. What we do here is critical and needed more than ever because what we do here is not just play nice. What we do here is push on one another with thoughtfulness and faithfulness and yes, love to become God's beloved community on earth, to become the community God hopes that we will become. What we do here is critical in keeping us focused on the truth that each one of us is a beloved child of God and should be treated that way. And if we do ever seem not to be of love or to act not of love, we should have the courage to stop, to ask why, and to seek God's help and the help of those in this beloved community. The truth here and the real truth of baptism is that we cannot become the people God means us to be on our own. We simply are not strong enough. We commit to a life here together, a life guided by God, shaped by love, so that we can actually become who God dreams us to be. Become who, I dare say, we actually want to be. We, what we do here is needed to help heal the brokenness of humanity. This week, we saw that brokenness on display. And we can be angry and we can be loving. Today, in just a moment, we will recommit ourselves to God, recommit ourselves through our own baptismal covenants. Do not take that promise lightly. God is committed to each and every one of us. God loves each and every one of us. And when we recommit ourselves to God, when we recommit ourselves to this way of love, our lives become a profound witness to the promise of healing and wholeness and oneness that the Spirit gives. This week, do not be, do not be afraid to love with abandon. Do not be afraid to love sacrificially. Do not be afraid to lean on one another to find strength with God's help to become the people God made us to be. Together, that love can change this world. Amen.